Thanks for listening to Spraymakers, the podcast that dives deep into the world of water skiing with Chris Rossi and Trent Denison. If you're enjoying season three, please share it with your ski buddies, as well as subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. Today, the guys get into why it's imperative for your handle and ski to travel on the same path. They break down this complex topic into simple terms that will allow you to ski a more efficient line. I think we've done a really good job of just kind of, you know, at the beginning of this season, just kind of laying out generalized game plans. And and I, I think that's really what's so important is to just really think for yourselves and and put together put together your, you know, your vision of all this. And, you know, we did a we did a, um, a photo shoot down in in Orlando and and uh, southern southern Florida this spring. And, you know, watching all these young radar skiers and, and I mean, first off, just they're all banging it out. Like, you, I just can't even tell you how well everyone skied and how fun it was to watch all these people <laughs> on their progressions. Right. But um, you quick, quick, quick aside. I'm going to jump in really quickly because yeah. you just just like and what 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 was amazing to me was was um like so we had like Joel Poland would go out and and do whatever he did. And then we get back to the dock and then Steven Nevue. Um, and if you don't know, I'm like as, as jovial and, and just sincerely nice guy is, he's like crazy competitive, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, cause this is, I mean, this is just fun skiing, but he'll come in and, and he's getting ready to go shoot whatever or go ski, whatever um, product was being shot. And, and he's like, did, did Joel run 39? Yeah, he did. Okay, so then you know that like, that Stephen Nevy's not done until he runs thirty nine. So it's it was it was uh it was just funny to watch that even in the mo- the most genuinely fun laid back atmosphere, these guys were still battling each other. It was crazy. Oh, and and then high fiving at the end, you know, and that's that's yeah. one of the things I, I love about our family that we've got here at Radar and and. Um, <laughs> But, you know, so okay, back sorry. on target, yeah, back yeah, on yeah. target, you know, no, but that, it's, it's really, and, and we talked about it in the previous deal, the reflection and all that. So when I, when I finished watching everybody and, and, you mm-hmm. know, when you're in it, it's just, you're skiing, you're getting, you're setting things up, you're eating, you're, you know, it's just, it's kind of like a whirlwind of, of things happening and then take time to reflect afterwards, you know, when, when things calm down. And one of the things that is so apparent to me in the way that skiing is moving, and I'm not even sure that people are really aware of it or not, but when I'm watching this progression of our sport through this youth and why, when I ask myself, why are these men and women so good at young ages? And one of the things that just blasts out clear as day to me is, is the relationship between where they are on their ski and the handle and the path that the handle is on. So I'm just going to just easily say the broad stroke concept of this episode is handle path with our relationship to the handle, the pylon and, and our ski. And I just, Mm -hmm. there's so much there. And um, I don't think that people really truly spend enough time understanding that you are attached to that handle without it you're not going anywhere without it you're not going side to side you're not accelerating you're not turning you're not doing anything so it's it's this relationship of where the handle has to be in relation to the boat and in relation to the buoy and we cannot manipulate 
that or change that path. And I, I grew up with a not understanding this, right? I was thinking more turns, hard cuts, all of this stuff. Of course, I had a relationship with it, but I wasn't understanding that it needs to be my a part of my fundamental understanding and core deal. And yes. one last thing real fast, and I'm going to let you kind of jump in and take it a little bit because obviously I'm rambling and and uh, people are going to get bored. But uh, uh, clear as day, <laughs> clear as day, um, I saw a uh, post from Freddie Winter the other day and, you know, a while back, I guess now, but it's a it's a head head cam shot of him skiing. And if yeah, you yeah, want to, yeah, I, I mean, right then, I mean, it just, the alarms just explode in my mind of he is really understanding his relationship with the handle and what to do with his ski, meaning that his handle and ski need to be on the same path. That's the, that's the game yes. right there. Your handle and ski need yes. to be basically running parallel to each other at all moments until you take your outside handoff. And that's the only time where it can deviate from that path. And Freddie being, being not as, as light as some of the other skiers, he's fit. And I'm not saying that, but he is a little bit heavier, has to be even he's more dude, conscious. Yeah. He has to be more conscious of this because the more you skew those lines, the higher uh, rate of of line tension will happen to you. The more you're going to get teeter tottered uh, over the top and 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 things like that. So anyway, what I wanted to do mm. was just kind of kind of go back and forth with you, Trent, on on yeah. on this on this topic. And this is a conceptual thing, right? Like this isn't you know this isn't um, keep your eyes level or this isn't, you know, something like that. This is, is a conceptual thing, but, but, but it's, it's not, it's in no way abstract. It's, it's, it's literally what is happening and what needs to be, um, you need to be cognizant of it. So like, just, okay. So just to make this, like, you know, make this super clear, like just right off the start, you know, just so we can, people can understand how it would be even possible to be trying to go on a path other different or in opposition to where the handle needs to go or wants to go. Think of it like, you know, again, if you're on your attack edge or your cutting edge, <clears throat> the longer you are remaining on that cutting edge after you cross the center of the wakes, the longer you are literally trying to go in a direction that the, that the handle, that the line will no longer is capable of going. Right. So like if you just think of it, you know, in, in concrete terms, when you're cutting on that attack edge or that cutting edge, <clears throat> where are you trying to go? You know, ideally, I guess you well, not ideally, but you're, you're trying to go across the lake after you cross the center of the wakes. Think of it, you know, as as if that. As if that um, handle would, was the way to on a pendulum, you know, on the after it crosses the center it needs to start arcing up. So if you're still on that attack edge and you're fighting to go towards shore, like that's why people are forced into separation to some extent. You're trying to go one way. The boat is telling you that you need to be going the other way, or you need to start arcing in the other direction. So that's like, that's probably the simplest place for you to, to, to sort of wrap your brain around the concept of, of being, of being cognizant or mindful of, where the handle needs to go and make sure that you're, you know, you're acquiescing thus um, is exactly that point. The longer you cut or the harder you cut after the center of the wakes, while the boat's trying to tow you down the lake, 
the, the bigger the, the 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 more you are going to separate. I am in a extent. trend, and, and then the more you're going to tip to the inside. Yes, right? yes. Sorry about that, dude. I was just in a no. Trent trance right there. I mean, your your <laughs> way with words just had me like I was like starting to you know get the Scooby Doo <laughs> googly eyes. I was like, holy cow! I mean, just the way you put that is so so easy to to understand. And when I started, you know, for me, we we you know when I was young, we had we had hand driving. You literally could yeah, actually do, yeah. pull the boat backwards. You know, Perfect Pass even kind of allowed some of that because it was RPM based. And so you could you could actually put more effort and maybe even pull a little bit longer and you weren't as instantly negatively affected by these things. That's why we weren't talking about them so much. But nowadays with the way speed control and how many times per second it can react, there is, it's always just traveling on a constant. And so this brings me back to something that Jamie Beauchene taught me about a long time ago, and I haven't spent enough time at it. I've been doing it more lately. And basically what he said is, hook, hook, your, hook your rope onto a tree. And he said, then, then put the buoy out, you know, put the buoy out on, a, on another rope that's at the, at the distance, like a 38 and a half foot rope or whatever. And then try to see the angles by staying, keeping the rope tight, right? Like in an ideal mm-hmm. world, I believe, and I don't know about you, Trent, but I believe that from buoy line to buoy line. So from, you know, the, if you, if you draw a, a dotted line down the buoy line of the course, okay. okay. When you go, when you go, um, let's say after the buoy and you cross that line, you know, so you turned, you turned, and now you're you're crossing that line, that imaginal imaginary buoy line down one three five. Let's say you're turning buoy one. The moment that you are at right wherever that imaginary buoy line is, that's the hypothetically, if you're for whatever line length you're on, that is the perfect place. If you've done everything right, that's where you should have your hand on, and you should be connected to a tight rope, and then you should be riding a tight rope all the way until you break that line on the other side. And that is, and for every line length, that is kind of my, my vision about how, what I'm trying to do. And that's, that's, that's theoretical. Perfect. Now, mm-hmm. the more, let's say I come off that buoy one, let's say I did do it right off a of buoy one and I hooked my hand on and I right at that. And I, and I, I connected to the handle and started accelerating right from that buoy line. And I come into the wakes and I want to, keep going like you described, keep going towards shore, even though the boat's racing down the course, the longer that I come through there and pass that center line, and then the more I skew that, that distance. So the longer I pull, the more I'm going to get, the more our direct, our two directions immediately start changing. And the longer I try to hold that, the more I'm going to get ripped to the inside. Right. Mm-hmm. So yes. you, you describe this, but I think you can't, like our listeners cannot hear this enough. You can, well, yeah, and because then, then what's going to happen, right? Like, so you, you're going to get separated. The, 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 the pull is going to transfer from, you know, what was ideally running through, you know, your, 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 your belly button, if you will, through your mm-hmm. spine. All of a sudden, it's going to get transferred to, to your upper body. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to tip to the inside. So then, what's going to happen to your direction? You're not. So if you're at 22 off, um, you're no longer going to be swinging on this arc 
with the handle 53 feet away from the pylon. Like that's how, you know, when you see a bow in the rope, that tells you that you're no longer the full length away from the pylon. You're no longer at 22, I'll say 53 feet away. Right. So now you're, you're arcing to the inside. And so one, the handle isn't 53 feet away. And two, you're no longer outside that handle because tipping to the inside is arced you back in. So, I mean, you, you might be, you know, if there's two feet of, if you've lost two feet from the handle, plus your, your hips and your ski are no longer outside that handle, they're more behind it. Like now you're, you've, you've cut off how wide you're going to get. And, and you're all, you've also cut off how high up you're going to swing because now you're, you're, you're no longer riding the fastest part of your ski. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be riding more on the tail of your ski on a hard inside edge. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just compounding. Like, yep. And then, and then the other that, thing that goes along with that, that is the end result, which is the most negative part. Cause that let's say longer line lengths, you're able to, you're going to be able to overcome that slack rope as the line gets shorter, that, that, that's what ends up killing you. But ultimately what ends up happening when you're not at the exact distance away from the handle that the, keeps the rope tight is now you have a loose rope. And so you have nothing yes. to, you have nothing, you have, you are basically making a hypothetical you're making a guess as to how to fall into this turn that will turn my ski and connect me back to a tight rope. And that is Jedi mind stuff that no one should be basing their skiing on and good, good on you. If you can do that and you've, you've perfected it, but that you've just created a neural pathway to ski an improper line and know how to get yourself out of it. You know, that's, that's not what we're trying to do here. So, yeah. so really what I, I mean, I really, I think understanding then, so when I started thinking of it this way, then I started thinking about the relationship, like basically from the point that I connect my hand on, and if, let's say I'm hypothetically in the right spot where it's right on the backside of that buoy line, uh, dotted line I talked about earlier, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm as close as I can be to that. Then really what I want is the, the dowel, the handle. The handle is going to be facing the pylon and I want my feet or my ski to be basically right underneath the handle and in the, in parallel to it. And then at all moments, okay. it is just running parallel to however that handle is in relation to the boat. And it's, it's actually pretty darn cool. I mean, if you really think about it now, your ski, my angles might not be like when you're turning and hooking up to the buoy, your ski angle is going to be less than the yeah 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 yeah. angle but your hips and body are going to be hooked up to it right and then you're just basically just following that the ski maybe it's just the where maybe it's just actually a better way to say it would be that the ski it goes like pylon ski handle you right but they're all kind of lined up and they don't have to be parallel to each other but that you've got them all all there lined up and then as you come and you're swinging down to the bottom of that swing right you're you're skiing Mm -hmm. with that path and then right at center line your ski would be parallel to the handle to the pylon right and then it's going to edge change but i think like we'll we'll talk about me real quick we'll talk about me because i like talking about me you know i do do it a lot That was a little bit of a joke, but anybody that's been around me knows that I'm, I'm, I'm a talker. So 
so <laughs> so when I look at you know things, yeah. you know, when I grew up, I didn't ha- I didn't understand this relationship. So all I knew was that I wanted to build energy or build speed into the wake, and then I want to cast my ski out wide. Okay. That's yeah. just, I mean, that, that was kind of a going thought at that point. It was, it was. How often, how many times did you have people say that you, that they, that you want to get your ski out in front of you leaving the wakes? Right. That, that was, that was a thing. So what do I do? Let's think about this. My, okay. So on, on side, like if I'm coming through the gates, right. My neural pathways that I have created really want me to as I come into the first wake, I, my neural pathway that I've learned that I've become successful with, which, which is not exactly what I want, but I will, as I'm coming into the first wake, going into the gates, I'm going to load my right shoulder, right arm pretty strongly with the, with the rope tension. And then I am going to basically try to twist the handle out towards buoy one, that that torque gives me the ability to basically shove my feet from underneath me to out wide, right? Like out wide. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Now, if you think about the path that the handle needs to stay on, because that's the only thing it can do is it's, 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 it's attached to the boat and the boat's running down. So the handle path is curving in towards the buoy and I just shoved my feet out towards the shore. So now all of a sudden my ski's on a path that there is no way that my ski and my handle can stay together on this path. Yeah. And so yes. what, what do I instinctively have to do? The only option I have at that point is to let go with my outside hand. And when I do that, I lose connection to the, you basically lose the ability to harness the energy that you created going through the wakes and your edge change. That's why we always say, you know, elbows tight and really all that, yeah. all that stuff is, is just you holding on to the energy you created. Don't give it back to the boat. Why would you work so hard to instantly give it back? Right. So, but if you're going to shove your feet out and try to cast your ski out wide, you just automatically did that to yourself. No matter what there's, it's an impossibility for you to ride you know, with your elbows tight to your vest and out towards the buoy line. So if you've, if you're hearing this right now and you've tried to do this before and it it has never worked for you, I'm describing what, why, why it's not working for you. Okay. So this is, is, this is when people say they came off the handle too early. Right. Right. Okay. And then everyone tells you you're off the handle too. Well, guess what? Why are you off the handle too early? You're off the handle because you're going in a different direction than the handle. Bam. Bam. How do you know how to do this so well, Trent? No, that was a really nice way of tying that, of like circling that back on itself though. That's okay. Okay. So. Because we all, we all run into those mistakes where like, you know, and either as your, like your buddies are coaching you and they, and and you keep hearing the same thing over and over and you can't change it. Or, or if it's just, you keep feeling the same thing over and over and over. And it's like, why do I keep coming off the handle when I know I'm not supposed to keep coming off the handle is the only thing I told myself. It is that gap between as, as you pass through the wakes, it's that gap between where you think you want your ski to be and the reality of where the handle's going to be. So like I said, the alarms, not the alarms, but like maybe the excitement really went off when I saw Freddie's head, head cam video of his edge change. It was a, it was a uh, one to two or offside edge change off to onside edge change. And I really got to see the handle was there. The ski was right. I mean, he had all the power in his ski. He was in the perfect position and the ski did nothing. 
he literally rolls yeah. up over the top of the ski. This is something fundamental that I believe like 90% of people do not do. They manipulate yeah. their ski. They shove their feet. They, you know, I mean, you know, to be honest, I'm kind of embarrassed, but like, um, I would say like, this is something that I've heard from other pros and they've been talking about, you know, their relationship between where they are and their feet all the time. I'm like, what are you talking about your feet? But really, I think what they're saying is their relationship between them and the ski. And, and yeah. so for even yeah. for me, like the light bulb didn't go off on exactly what people are trying to focus on because we all are doing, we're all doing relatively the same things, but we all speak like, it's like speaking French and Spanish and German and, you know, Swahili or whatever, Jeez. right? Like we're all saying the same things, but we don't really understand or relate to a certain person. So again, when I talk about people in coaching, that's why I think you need to try multiple coaches so that mm -hmm. you make sure that you're, that you're, you're speaking the same language and that you re it resonates with you. Cause I think all coaches so, do do that stuff. But, yeah. 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 So for like, for me, where this, where this started, where I started appreciating this and it made a huge impact on my skiing. It would have been like probably 17, 18, 19, 16, 17, 18, 90 when I started running my, my most buoys. Um, and I just had this idea of thinking about, <clears throat> well, first of all, I, I kind of conceptualize my relationship to the pylon just, just, just to make it a little bit clearer as like a 360 degree in relation to the, to the boat. Right. Um, as in, as in, you know, if, I mean, if you were going that fast or, or if the boat was stationary, like, you know, the, obviously the handle can go 360 degrees around this pylon. Okay. So like, so that was kind of like, like step one for me to understanding, you know, okay, that, that handle needs to be it, the, the, the max allowable or, or, or the max possible distance from the pylon at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, certainly, especially as you come off the second wake and start moving towards apex and most, and, and most people it's, it isn't, you know, and, and we all get to that place where we have a bow in the rope. And, and then, so that's appreciating. Okay. Yeah, that's, I, I didn't ensure that I skied on the best possible handle path. Otherwise that rope would have been cable tight. So then for me, it was, okay, where, at what point of the swing do I know that the handle path is perfect? And, and obviously that, that answer is from whitewash to centerline, right? I mean, the rope's going to be cable tight. Yep. And it's going to be directly between the handle is going to be directly between me and the pylon or, or my hips and the pylon, given that, you know, assuming that I'm going to, I'm going to be in the right body position, which I'm, I am going to be at that point. Cause I would, I was always liking it to my gate shot. So I just started having this idea of, of, okay, as I come into the first wake, everything is perfect right now in terms of where are my hips and my ski in relation to the handle um, where is the handle in relation to the pylon? I know it's perfect at this point. So then I, I just, to really simplify it, I, you know, and again, appreciating that I was not going to pull past the center of the wakes unless something bad, you know, incorrect had happened that told me, you know, that dictated I needed to. I just started coming up into that transition zone with the, with the simple concept of, okay, I'm going to stay in the same place in, re in relation to the handle, the same place in relation to the pylon. And, and it just, it started delivering me to these higher, you know, to on, on these higher swing paths with a tighter rope, just, you know, and again, by, by allowing myself to do less, I was just for a year, you know, it was, I had just, in, you know, entrenched in my mind that 
I was going to max out on the right-hand gate ball. And I, I skied like that for, you know, again, my entire career until those last couple of years where it was like, okay, no, it, the, the big work's already done by the right-hand gate ball. At the right-hand gate ball, I already need to be coming up and moving in a manner that's going to allow me to keep up with this handle. Like, it, So again, it's like, it's a conceptual thing. It's not a, Hey, do this. But, but sometimes just when your brain clicks on something where, where it just, it made it so simple in that I was just, all I was going to do is just, I was going to protect everything. I was going to make sure that I didn't move or force or manipulate anything at that point. I was just going to ride it, you know, so I would, I'd come up at center line and I would just simply ride that line, the handle, the pylon, the handle and my ski, that relationship was not going to change. Mm -hmm. And, And so I just found I was apexing higher and apexing later with just zero manipulation. And it's, it's a, it's a really, uh, the first time you feel it, you, you, you recognize it. You're like, yeah, I've seen this before. I probably felt it a time or two. I just didn't know what was really facilitating what it's, I mean, you, you, you gave a really good picture for me of like what, what you're trying to do. And when I, when I watch you ski, what I see the 30,000 foot view is no wasted movements, right? Like you put your ski at the pro you, you put your ski at the proper angle by allowing your body to be at the, at the proper angle so that you take the right amount of load with the right amount of direction. And, you know, if you overdo things, then the equal and opposite reaction is going to happen, right? So you're just you're offside just, wheelie, right? Yeah, off, that's <laughs> the result, wheelie. though. That's the result. That's why? Why is why is that? Why did why did that result happen? Because we did too much. For sure. We put the ski on a path that couldn't follow the handle path. That it diverged too much. So then the ski has to come back to to a to a. It gets basically ripped inside of that ideal path, and now the handle doesn't have any tension because your weight's not on the end of it. So then the rope Mm -hmm. goes loose. Now you're straight lining towards your apex. And let's just call this, let's call it what it is. It's either a wheelie, which is, which is basically, what are you doing when you're wheeling? You're rocking back to find where the rope, where the loose rope becomes tight. That's what a wheelie is. And that's why you're doing it. And if you've never understood it, you just now, now, you know, okay, that's why you're doing it. You're rocking back to find rope tension to where you can start to accelerate again. Okay. Where, where do you, why do you crash almost a hundred percent of the time in, in the course? You crash almost all the time at the backside of the buoy because you do not have rope tension. If you had rope yeah. tension, you would not crash. You won't. That's why you didn't crash on all those other turns. You either a had a tight rope or B use your Jedi mind senses and got lucky on your move or wheelied it to find the rope tension. So what we're yeah. saying is let's let's just eliminate all that. And that's trend like in in my like immediate 30,000 foot view, it's very evident that you're thinking of these things and when you said 16, 17, 18, whatever whenever that was, it's very yeah. evident in the progression that you're skiing made at that time and the consistency yeah. and all of these things come together and you ask yourself what why, why didn't I just do this 10 years ago? Right. But, but yeah. we weren't in that place. A B we, you know, we were able to get away with so many different things with different speed control setups or, or hand driving or, or, or whatnot, you know, and, and, um, see, no one, no one taught us that stuff when we were young because they didn't know either. So, and this is one of, this is like one of those kind of checks and balances sort of concepts 
that you can, you know, just view your own skiing at. Like, <clears throat> you know, it's not, well, when things are going really, really, really well, it was kind of the only thing I thought about or the only thing I do think about when things are, when everything else is going well. But, but I use it more of a, as a, you know, again, like a checks and balances sort of thing in that, okay, this is happening. I mean, it's telling me I'm not, I'm not swinging on the right line. Okay. Why aren't I swinging on the right line? You know, like, you know, it's, it's not being aware of the, of, you know, cause it's the, the reality of it isn't an, isn't necessarily going to fix everything, but it's going to allow you to figure out how to fix a heck of a lot of things. You know, a lot of people, you know, and I ask this question, like, you know, this is kind of like one of my standard questions, like, well, what, you know, why do you have slack? And and a lot of people, they, a lot of people don't really understand in, in its simplest sense. The only reason you're going to have slack is, is for, I mean, you got too close to the pylon at some point, right? And there's going to be, a, there's a lot of different causes, but you know, if you're max distance away from the pylon, <clears throat> that rope's going to be tight, you know? So it's not you guys just, need to think about this. This is, this is uh, huge. This is a, that is like a is, boom. Uh, yeah. And the common answer is, is I was going too fast, but, but that, that's not enough. You know, it's, that's not enough. Cause if you were going hella fast on the right handle path, you would just, you just would have gotten higher on the boat. So it, it, again, it's, you can use this, you know, and again, like really, you know, in your mind can, you know, or pen to paper, like conceptualize what that swing needs to look like if one, the rope's going to be tight and two, you're going to still be in the same spot in relation to the handle at the apex that you were when you were right behind the boat, you know, which is, I call it outside of the handle, you know, like if you're outside of the handle. And again, that's why I thought of it as in a 360 degree term, because Mm -hmm. behind the boat, it's too easy to, you know, the most common sense answer is I'm behind the handle. But if, if, when I swing up to 90 degrees behind the handle means a different thing, it Mm -hmm. means that you're actually chasing the handle. So that's why I just like to use outside of the handle on the, you know, my hips and my ski are outside of the handle behind the boat, which, you know, again, I get that because of the lean angle, the handle isn't actually outside, but my hips are certainly outside of the handle behind the boat. And I I want that relationship to maintain that, you know, that straight line when I'm at, you know, I'm not going to be quite at 90 degrees, but that straight line is still going to go, you know, pylon handle and then outside of that in a perfect straight line is still going to be hip ski mm-hmm. you know and if the handle's in front of my hips then i'm 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 robbing myself of 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 max up, upward swing which you know as it relates to the course that equates to to less width on the buoy mm-hmm. so i don't know it sometimes it sometimes just you know when you just soften the borders of the way you think about things they you know you can have some really uh kind of revelationary you know, um, flashes where you're like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. And here's what's getting in the way of it. Right. There's no magic move to manipulate your ski with using the rope to put yourself from not in an ideal place to being in an ideal place that there is, that, that is never, ever, ever going to work. So, uh, so that, that's something I think is important. Like as you come into the wakes, we know like, I'm not where I want to be. I'm, I want my ski to be, I want to be on an earlier path. Well, guess what? If you cast your ski or manipulate your ski and shove it out wide, yeah, you get an instantaneous one millisecond feeling of like, oh, that's where I want to be. And then line tension completely corrects that to the negative side of that, to where you are now running inside of that ideal arc. 
And, uh, it, this reminds me of something like, uh, Jamie, uh, again, you know, Jamie and I, Bo Shane and I spent a lot of time early on coming up with, you know, maybe techniques that were different than what, what had been used currently back in the early 2000s, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And one of the concepts that he really talked about was he wants to, when he connects to that handle on the buoy line, he called it, I want to chase, chase the handle into the wake at the wake. I want to be directly, directly, uh, lined up. And then as I'm swinging out to the buoy, he wants to be, have his body outside of that line or his, his, um, you know, the line of the handle, no, sorry, pylon handle him as the closer mm -hmm. he got towards, towards the apex. So he, he, you know, he wants to be being pulled up over the top of his ski and thus more of his center of mass or body is ahead of the actual handle. Oh and by doing that, that will ensure that the handle has to be tight. So yeah. that's the whole con. And then, and then you let go, you extend that ski as far away as it needs to, to get around the buoy. You fall into it with your center of mass, you know, in towards the boat, which brings pressure on the tip that brings it back. You hook on and then same thing happens. You're chasing the handle to the wake. As you come through the wake, you're centered right on the ski. And then as you're going off of it, you're actually going up and over the top of the ski. And then your body is more and more and more leading, leading ahead of the handle. And if you have that, basically you're always going to be the plumb bob at the end of the line, the weight at the end of the line. And that's what we want. We yeah. want to build speed and then we want to keep line tension so that we harness and that speed. Think of it on a swing set. You know, you, you're thinking as you're swinging down, you're feeling the energy, you're getting ready, you're, you're harnessing it as you go out down the bottom. If you kick your feet too hard on a swing, as you swing up, you lose that connection. You go into uh, basically a free fall up. And then what happens? You free fall down to that same place that you lost the, the connection in the first place. You connect to it. And do you end up as high on the other side or not? And the answer is no. So how do you get a higher, more, you know, corrective swing on a swing set? You stay connected the entire time. And the goal is obviously in water skiing, if we can, to be able to run a tight rope at 90 degrees. Now, anybody that's any kid or any adult that has spent any time on a swing, guess what? As you reach those higher angles, it becomes more critical and it becomes harder to do. So how does that translate? Well, at 41 off, it's going to be more critical. It's going to be harder to ride the ideal line than it should be at 15 off. Why is it that our 15 off skiers deal with so much slack? Well, because A, they don't have their body, a bit, a, they don't have the technique able to be lined up over their ski property with stance, structure, things like that, that we talk about in previous mm -hmm. episodes. And then number two, because of that, they don't generate the speed into center line. So thus the desire to make the buoy overrides, you know, the things that we need to be doing. So what do they do? They pull long thinking that will make yeah. me get out there. But all that does is then again, this, they, it gets, it rips them up. They, they're on a path that their ski and handle cannot stay together. So they get ripped up. Now they stand there on a flat ski running well inside of this line. And then at the end of the turn, there's no rope tension, no safety. And then they're going to do a Jedi mind move to try to 
figure out how to turn the <laughs> ski and not get too much slack. And I'm going to have to yeah. rock back to find that line tension, you know, and all that stuff. So that's just a quick, quick thought. And then my only, my only comment to all of this would be at the center line, nothing happens with your ski. It has to do with you and your relationship to the handle and what, how you're going to harness that energy. But ultimately your ski is on the perfect path. Leave it on the perfect path and allow yourself to focus on harnessing the energy and being the weight on the line out towards that buoy line. I mean, that's, that's the simplest form of it, I believe. So, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And that's, that, that is exactly, that, that's a, that, that's a good way of looking at it in, in exactly in that, like, don't do anything with your ski. Don't do anything. And, and that was, and again, like trying to always give that extra little oomph on the, on, on the right hand gate ball is, was exactly doing exactly that. Or, or, or you likening it to, to trying to swing your, your feet out. And it's, it's, um, it's a helpless feeling because you know, you have decent angle and you know, you have decent speed, but all of a sudden when that, you know, you just, you lose that little bit of tension on the line and, and you have this sense of free falling and it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like a lot of, a lot of things in slalom. It's, it's easily avoidable if you just change the way you change your thinking a little bit. And sometimes, you know, there is a little bit of a less is more approach. 